Welcome to the mic, Chloe Kemp from Kemp. It's time to be frank, it's time to vent. From mental health to parental death, where the humour is dark as she's bereft. There'll be tears and there'll be laughter, and of course there'll be talk about those pyjamas. Pull up a seat, you're in the front row now. Turn down the lights, it's time to get the glow down. Let's get the glow down. Hello everyone and welcome back to Get the Clothes Down with me, Chloe Kent. I believe we are on episode five and guess what? Guess what, Ryan? What? It's Halloween week. Spooky. So spooky. <laughs> Can you do a good evil laugh? No. You know Michael Jackson's thriller at the end where he does that really loud laugh? Yeah. I used to always try and practice that, but I can't. Go on. I think everybody okay, needs ready? to hear that. Yeah, go on. Okay, ready? You're going to shit yourself, literally. It's going to blow your socks off, but I'll do it for you. Ready? <laughs> <laughs> you almost had it. Wait. And then you went through <laughs> <laughs> No, that's terrible, isn't it? No, I'd just give up. <laughs> do, you give us, do you want to give us your one? No. Practice it and we'll do it closer to Halloween. That's what I think we should do. Okay. I reckon we. I reckon we could lose your jingle and just introduce a Halloween one with me laughing. Yeah, both of us doing the oh ha 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 type thing. Yeah, but we'll look more like Phoebe and Joey out of Friends. (laughs) Yeah, we will. (laughs) So anyway, guys, to mark the fact that we have slowly creeping into Halloween week, we thought the best thing to do would be to talk about some awesome spooky. TV shows that have been on the telly lately and been so popular. So we will be discussing Dharma, Maxine and The Watcher. Uh, Dharma and The Watcher are both on Netflix. Uh, Maxine is on Channel 5 and Maxine is only a three-part series. So not long to get through. Um, Should we start with Maxine? Yeah, okay. I feel like I want to start with Maxine because Maxine is a little bit of a controversial show. I mean, you could say that about Dharma, I know, but I think the issue with Maxine is because it's um, from the point of view of somebody who may not have got enough prison time if she knew more than she let on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And the thing is, as well, is we've got to take into account that the show... Is only what they know that Maxine knew at the time or let on that she knew. So she may have known a lot more. So the show could have been very different if we if <clears throat> we knew the full story for definite. Yeah, so just to clarify for anybody listening that doesn't know, Maxine is um, was obviously the, the girlfriend of Ian Huntley. Uh, Ian Huntley was the caretaker in a Soham primary school who was convicted for kill, killing 10-year-old um, Holly Chapman and Jessica... No, wait, is it Jessica Chapman? Yes, Jessica Holly Chapman Wells. and Holly, Holly Wells. Wells. Sorry, apologies. Got them in the end. Um, and he... Is Ian Huntley still alive? Yeah, I think I think he's um he's had a couple of um close calls in prison, hasn't he? But I, it's not been was, uh, he's he's not been killed yet. I don't think. I was going to yeah. say I always read <laughs> yeah yeah I always read about him like having like punch ups in prison and stuff. But yeah, there was one. I think I think someone cut or attempted to cut his throat, didn't they? I believe mm. I may be wrong, but I know there was an attack on him quite quite a severe one. 
Well, fingers crossed. <laughs> Joking. We must. Well, actually, you can. I mean, he's a, he's a convicted nasty man, so you know. But um, yeah, the show. So I put out some questions on my Instagram. I asked people to kind of give me their opinions, and Maxine was the one that kind of got the most controversial comments. Um, let me just have a quick look. Actually, I know that there was quite a few of them that felt like should this have even been made. Um, I've got one here from Louisa and she says, Maxine, low budget portrayal of these girls who died 20 years ago. It was basic and tacky. Louisa um, went I, in. I, yeah, and uh, I, I actually agree to an extent. I, it did seem very low budget, but I think mm. people have looked at it of the story of still Holly Wells and Jessica Chapman. I don't, it, that wasn't the idea of the show. It was the idea of the show was to have it from the point of view of, of Maxine. And yeah, I but go on. I still don't think we know the full story there. No, but I think that's the difficult part. I think if it was a series that went into Ian and and more so the victims, you know, like, like Dharma did concentrate a lot on the victims also. I, I guess if it was kind of something like that, people may have found it a little bit more interesting to, to learn about and understand what happened, how our police responded, how quickly they caught Ian. Like maybe that would have been of interest. But I just think half the population probably just don't care about Maxine at all. Like literally, uh, they, they, they don't care about her point of view. No, you're absolutely right. And, uh, and I, I think because she's the least important character in the in the story, um, I think that's why a lot of people just went, oh, I'm not interested. Um, I think it would have been in bad taste to make it all about Holly and Jessica. And I think you'd be almost glorising, not glorising, but putting Ian Huntley in more of a, a spotlight by making a show about him as such. Mm, so I think I disagree. I think it doing it about Holly and Jessica may have been a little bit more respectful. It is them two at the end of the day that deserve remembering, I think. Um, Maxine, I, I just feel like, I think a lot of people probably just think, you know, who cares? She was an alibi. She helped him. And, you know, I, th I, think, I think most people probably think she knew. Yeah, that's I think that's probably why they've done it, though, is it's because hers is the untold story, isn't it? That's kind of maybe what they thought is the missing piece for a lot of people. I, I, I didn't think it was great. I didn't, I, again, with your comment just then of it being low budget, um, mm. yeah, I do think it was low budget. Um, <clears throat> it wasn't great. It wasn't great. Well, there's a lot of other people that feel quite angry. There's uh, Stevie Lee sent a message in saying, Maxine made me so angry, found myself feeling for her, when in reality, nope, she's a big <laughs> C-U-N-T. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, there's just a few more comments kind of uh, on that sort of wavelength. There's Rachel that says, I don't think they should have filmed Maxine. It didn't set well, well with me at all. Um... Zara, but actually I really enjoyed Maxine. I thought it was a really good program. <clears throat> um, it was interesting to see it from different angles. So like there's different people saying different things, but I, I do think for the most part, people are saying it's not for me. However, the girl that um was portrayed Maxine did a really good job, and it's a really brave thing to take on such a hated 
person. <laughs> yeah, because she's well, she's fairly unknown. And yeah. when you see her in something else now, it's almost like an instant I don't like you because you know her as that character. Yeah, there's lots of actors and actresses that have actually said that's happened to them in the past when they've played something particular. Yeah. Um I've just followed her. Her name's Gemma Carlton. She's on Instagram, guys, if anyone's interested. And she played Maxine. Because she is so good, I feel like this is probably not the last we're going to see of her. I think that she will, you know, she's probably going to go on to do more. I mean, over the years, we've had so many people play serial killers. Who did uh, Who did the guy from Doctor Who play? Des. Do you remember that show? Serial Killer Des. Yeah, I know. Yeah, is it I David know. Tennant? Yes, it is, yeah. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah like that. Go on. He, he's he been in so many things, you don't look at him as just that character. People do know him as, mostly, probably now, as, as Doctor Who. But there was yeah. one of the previous Doctors that was someone else in another show. And I know him from there. I wouldn't think of him as Doctor Who. I, I, I mm. know him as that person from now. But then good for her then, because she's taken on this role knowing she hasn't got a big background in acting. So, you know, it's it's a real bravery thing to take on this role. I, I, I don't know if I would have, have ran to the part, I've got to be honest, because it's, it's a lot. I mean, I don't. we'll never know exactly what happened between Maxine and Ian. We'll never really know what she knows, because now she's she's gone on and she's been granted anonymity. No, wait, anonymity? How do you say that? Anonymity? Say it. Help me. Nurse. <laughs> no, you're on your own here, kid. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. So, you know, she's I mean, probably living, yeah, she's probably living somewhere down in Devon with a new life and we're never going to know the truth. But the only parts that they really pulled out of like articles that I've read and put into the show were things like her avid cleaning. Um, and there was obviously rumours that he was quite abusive to her. And we saw that when he, he hit her outside that nightclub and he was generally quite aggressive and threatening, wasn't he? Yeah, very controlling. Um, the one thing it seems that they can both agree on, Ian and Maxine, from the articles that I've read in real life, was that when they eventually told the truth that she wasn't in Sowem, that she was actually away, they did they did sort of come to the same conclusion that they had this massive argument. And she said from that argument is the reason why he he hurt those two girls, you know, because he was on a, a rampage and it was kind of like revenge on her as well. So, I mean, that's one thing that they've kind of admitted was that there was big arguments between them. I mean, it was toxic. You can tell it was obviously a toxic situation. But yeah. um, having said that, I just think it's it's still kind of a crappy situation to watch this play out and where you're just literally screaming at Maxine to just tell the police, you know, like, mm. and just, you know, don't give him an alibi because he's, you know, Ian was dodgy, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, there was, there, he was arrested. He had lots of... Um previous allegations against him before this obviously so yeah. he, he obviously was a bit of a shady character before all of this um, so yeah it's I don't know it's hard to come to a conclusion with whether she knew or not without knowing all the facts it, it still gives me chills to this day because I remember when it happened and when I was a kid, you know, and I'd go to the park, mum and dad would always want me to be with a friend, never on my own. They assume, you know, safety in numbers. Yeah. But th this is such a big thing because, you know, you don't expect two 10-year-olds to be taken and, you know, 
murdered successfully, which is such a horrible no. word, but in, in Ian's eyes, obviously very successfully, he done it. And you don't you don't just think that's achievable because you always picture in your head like one of them will be able to get help or fight one off. Like you just kind of think in your head like that it just goes back to that safety in numbers, doesn't it? You don't you didn't yeah. I don't think anyone expected them to be murdered. I think people just thought they'd run away from home. Yeah. I think I think if they were 15, you could probably believe that a bit more, but they were two 10-year-olds, um, obviously no access to money. So after after 24 hours, then you start thinking, all right, something's wrong here. Something's really wrong here. I think that's um I think that's why Mactin is a hard watch because it's quite local. It's Cambridgeshire, wasn't it? It's not far from yes. us. It's it's two children, two young children, you know, the well the they were they were the same age as me roughly when they went away, weren't they? Yeah, they were. I'm thirty three now, they'd be thirty, so Yeah. Yeah, yeah. very similar ages. And yeah, one of those horrible situations that just shocked the whole country. So with all that in mind, I, I don't know. I agree with a lot of the comments. I'm not sure whether Maxine should have been done. Maybe some sort of series um, that was more called Holly and Jessica and really maybe gave some praise to the victims' families for everything they've done. Because I think it's Holly's dad who has done a lot for charity. If you Google it, he he he's done a lot since. You know, he's not just right. kind of sat and been upset like he's really fought hard um to do a lot of things and keep really positive so it would have been nice to see maybe that sort of thing maybe put our police um in a positive light seeing how quickly they unraveled the truth that sort of thing but Maxine I don't know it fell flat for me a little bit it wasn't it wasn't a good way to add to people's knowledge of the situation I don't think it was I don't think it was in good taste myself. Okay. I agree. Let's move on. Did you hear that? Ooh. That was a little transition moment. Did you you felt <laughs> it, didn't you? I did, yeah. Let's talk about do you want a party? Party hardy? <laughs> it's the best line of any serial killer documentary ever in the world. Um let's talk about Dharma. Dharma was ten episodes. Yeah. 10 episodes on Netflix. Yeah, and I actually thought it was, it, you know, every episode was, was pretty good. I, I think it was really quite captivating throughout. I loved that I felt like we saw quite a real uh, portrayal of Dharma without it being over-exaggerated or played up. Um, mm. But I also felt like they gave such a decent nod to many of the victims. I mean, that they, they couldn't physically put in every single victim and do their whole story we would be here for such a long time but yeah. they they did do so much and I, I thought that was actually really quite sweet I mean I've, I mean I've never ever I, I knew about Dharma before I don't think so many people have lots of new people have watched Dharma on Netflix and they've only just learned about him I've been quite new in my videos for years haven't I on TikTok <laughs> taking the piss at a Dharma can I just add and absolutely not the victims but it was so interesting because then I found myself after the end of each episode googling the victims' names and reading more about them. So I thought that was a really sort of it was really cleverly done in that way. I, I found it so respectful, and it it shifted the focus a little bit from it being a serial killer kind of drama and gave the victims a little bit more of a voice. Because did you see? I, mean, I don't know if you've seen it on TikTok as well. But it showed how in real life the um the courtroom, 
you know, uh, speeches and stuff from the victims' families were, were very much the same as the one in Dharma. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. No, what it's did good you they, think? It's good that they added in, obviously, some factual stuff as well, not just uh, as a screenwriter. But also, I thought it was good that at the beginning, it didn't just go into him and what he was doing to his victims. It kind of gave you a real background mm. from a very young age, and it kind of built your knowledge up to understand, not understand why he'd done it, because I don't think you'll ever understand why he'd done it, but um, you could see why he was interested in uh, the taxidermy side of things and cutting things up and opening them and pulling guts and that out because without that, if if it just went into it, you'd be sitting there going, "All right, well, what, you know, you could be sitting there going, what was he like, you know, as a kid?'" But we saw yeah. a lot of that in the show. Yeah, it gave us a, a like a few theories to go off of, didn't it? You know, it, it yeah. made people think. You know, was it school the way he was treated at school? Was it the fact that his parents were so toxic together and his dad kept leaving? His mum obviously tried to commit suicide a few times, so she was obviously more than happy to go to leave. Um, yeah. Then it was obviously the whole roadkill bonding situation, which yeah. you know, bit gross, but you know, it was the seventies, um, rural state in America. You know, who who knows? But sounds very weird for us I mean we wouldn't do it but all those things it's like they're factors and it makes you put together a theory as to whether was Dharma born evil or did all these things make Dharma evil you know Mm. yeah absolutely yeah Um, obviously I think his mum being on so many pills as well you don't know what kind of effect that had on him Mm. Um, the only the only thing that happens with a show like Dharma on Netflix is that when they cast a half-decent, good-looking man that's big in Hollywood, you tend to find that lots of people get a little bit distracted by the real Jeffrey Dahmer, like from the real Jeffrey Dahmer, sorry, and they're more they're more concentrating on Evan Peters as Dahmer. And then it kind of it kind of um fogs up your your real thinking. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like when you know, you know, we've watched the Ted Bundy one. We watched the first yes. one with Zach Efron. Right, yeah. so I was so ridiculously attracted to Zach in that series, which is weird. He killed yeah. women. And then I'm thinking, I'm Googling Ted Bundy thinking, Christ, even Bundy was quite good looking, wasn't he? Which I think that's okay to say because a lot of people back then said that was the thing with Bundy. No one expected it because he was handsome, he was charming and everything else. Um, but then I watched the other Ted Bundy with, uh, what was his name? We watched it a little Chad while ago. That's it. Even though Chad Michael Murray is actually good looking. So if you're listening, Chad, highly doubt it. But you're, you're still a swing, 10 out of 10. But just in this show, you went very swing for me. But it was... <laughs> Ryan's looking at me weirdly. It was a little bit more real, this show, because it was way more gory, didn't you find, the Chad Michael Murray one? Yeah, it was, yeah. And it wasn't as Hollywood-fied and everything else like that. It made me, like It made me feel quite sick at the end. And then I was like, hang on. This has brought me down to reality with a bump. Ted Bundy yeah. was absolutely disgusting and disgraceful, and I feel physically yeah. sick. But you get lost in it, and you know, in the Netflix versions, you know, when it's always a, there's always like really great casting that's really current. You get lost in it, and you you know, you're staring at Zac Efron for God's sake. You can't concentrate on anything else, and it's kind of the same with Evan Peters. Like we weren't big Evan Peters fans because, from what I understand, 
is he was big in American Horror Stories, but we've not watched that yet. No. You don't know if it's our thing, do you? No. I think uh, we've tried it and I just... The first one. I don't know what it was. No. But anyway, so there there was a lot of that. A lot of people were uh, kind of saying stuff like, oh... I feel a bit sorry for Dharma. And I don't think it was Dharma people feel sorry for. I think it was Evan Peters. Would you agree? Yeah. If yeah. we if we just listen to just the confession tapes, which is also on Netflix, I don't think we'd feel as sorry for him. It just Evan Peters had is, is a phenomenal actor. He acted it out brilliantly. It but also, casting. yeah, the dad that's in Step Brothers, whose name now escapes me, but let me just Google it because I can't not say his name correctly. He was fantastic in the whole show. Oh my god, wasn't he? He, he? You don't usually see him in quite such a serious role. Um, mm. I think the only other serious role. I mean, I mean, I've not not seen all of his films, so people may may say I'm wrong here. But the only other serious, half serious film I've seen him in was White House Down, um, and that was kind of uh, the poor man's, you know, Olympus has fallen. Mm. His name but is he was Richard. Still... Go on, sorry. His name is Richard Jenkins. Sorry, you carry on. Yeah, no, he was still, but in this show, he he played a part that was obviously very hard to play as well because you've got to try and, as much as Evan Peters got into the the, the frame of Dharma, this guy's then got to try and feel sorry for that person for for dharma and and love them and you kind of think that's a real challenge to take on but if you've not seen it guys go and watch it it's it's a fantastic (laughs) show um i'm not trying to glorize dharma here himself but the show itself is brilliant the acting yeah is amazing yeah, I mean, the bit where Dharma uh, died, spoiler alert, but, you know, I, th- I think we, we know he died now, but um, the bit where he died and obviously the, his dad come to see him in the, um, was it like a morgue, mortuary type thing, yeah. and he broke down in tears, I found myself crying my eyes out. And I'm thinking, Jesus, you wouldn't think I'm crying for somebody, you know, like him, but it's it's more the dad. I felt so sorry for the dad. I think, yeah, maybe the dad wasn't there perfectly at the start, but what a dad. I mean, talk about stick by him through thick and thin. Yeah, yeah, and he did. And that, there was real loyalty shown there. Yeah, I mean, I, I was reading up on it on Google and he actually went there to prison every Sunday about fail to see him. Yeah. yeah every said, Sunday yeah. until he died. You know, knowing full well those horrible crimes and the fact that he, he took some responsibility, the dad, like he blamed himself and... And then even at the end, his mum kind of wanted Dharma's brain to be studied, which happened to John Wayne Gacy, guys. John Wayne Gacy was the killer clown. Um, apparently, John Wayne Gacy's brain was studied at a university to see if there was, like, you know, any reasoning as to why he was the way he was. But they they found that his brain was normal, which is kind of spooky. Um, but they wanted that to be happened with Dharma. And the dad kind of like put his foot down and was even like, no, I think we should just let him rest, which is a really big statement to make, isn't it? Like, you know, I want my yeah. child to rest because a lot of people would say, well, he doesn't deserve that. He doesn't deserve to rest in peace at the end of the day. But No, but then I think a lot of people would have preferred also that there was no, literally no remains of him for the, for the horrible crimes he committed. Really controversial question, but I'm going to throw it out there. Go on. 
do you think Dharma's killings were racially charged? If that's the right word. Racially charged. Motivated, sorry. Racially motivated. No. And that's a controversial answer for a lot of people. Because in the show, it only shows that it was. But if you look at the victims, uh, all of the victims, there was... Was it a, 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 almost like a 50-50? Uh, no, I don't think it was 50-50. I don't, I don't think, think... No, I don't think there were many... Oh, I got an email. I don't think there were many uh, white victims. Um, I thought there were. I thought there were. No, it's definitely not 50-50. I think there's like two well, or well, three. I got that wrong okay. Yeah, if, um, if you Google it, there's only two or three white victims. The rest are not white The reason I say no is... Because his first first victim was white. Yeah, I mean, the only I agree. I actually don't think it was, but my reasoning is more because he he's been so honest from the second he was arrested. He just told them everything, mm. and he's answered everything honestly because he knows what's what's the point. It's no point lying. I, I'm you know I'm, I'm here now. So I felt like if it was a race thing for him, I think he would have said it because also it was the seventies. Or, or no, actually, sorry, it wasn't the seventies when he got caught. It was the nineties. But it's not two thousand twenty-two. You know, it, it was yeah. still a long time ago. He probably he probably wouldn't have been that worried about being judged for saying that. So he probably would have just said it and been honest. That's what I think. Um, but he also said that actually that the way I thought of it was I was just going for the good looking guy in the room, and that's I do believe that. I think he went for for anybody that was good looking and would go home with him. I think that's literally all it was. Like the guy in the hotel. Um, when. He, he took him out doesn't remember killing him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he he drank the, the 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 mixture, didn't he? Instead of yeah, um, giving it to the other guy. Yeah. I mean, like with everything with drama, though, there's some negatives. You know, I, I mean, I heard that not all the victims were aware the show was being made, which must be really difficult. Um, they didn't actually because they were supposed to knock down the apartments and put like a memorial there, grow flowers, you know, do something beautiful with it. Apparently that was never done, which is also a shame. But yeah, you know, hopefully putting this out on Netflix, it's, it's gained a lot of attention. Maybe it will, um, you know, put some pressure on them to finally do something for the victims. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, only um, thing I no, no go, go on, on, babe. No, you go, no, on. go on. I'm talking over no, you, just... front and center. <laughs> <laughs> What's new? Um, no, I was just going to say the show. I've seen a lot of. Like people say, no, that you know, this part isn't true and this is all made up. What you need to remember is as much as they're trying to tell a true story, is is it is also a TV show as well. So it's not all if it was just factual, it would just be a documentary, not a not a TV show. Yeah, so, what you mean like there's you there's a Hollywood spice to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, because like, if there wasn't, it would just be a documentary. Yeah, like the the issues with the neighbour was very much uh, fabricated more, wasn't it? Yeah, more dramatised, yeah. Yeah, which for me was the most annoying part. That's That was my only downfall with Dharma. The, the, the neighbour character, I'm not going to lie, guys, it got on my tits. <laughs> yeah, there was a, it was a big focus on her and it, there didn't need to be, I don't think. No, I just think, 
it almost come across like she was the most affected. And yeah, it must have been awful and it must have stunk and everything else. But you're sitting next to actual victims, like, you know, like the families and stuff. So I don't know, there was a lot on The Neighbour. It wasn't quite for me. I I felt like it wasn't that necessary to be in the show. And obviously when you Google it anyway, The Neighbour in real life, it, it wasn't quite like they put it into the TV show anyway. But that's what I said to you at the time when it finished is without the the focus on the neighbour, mm. you've probably lost two episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. On so the I... screen time, you've probably lost two episodes. Yeah. So just going through, I don't have loads of, of comments on Dharma. Um, Louisa just said that it was awful. She couldn't get past uh, episode one. She felt like it was way more of a horror um and I, yeah that's kind of coming through with a few other comments really um lots of people are saying they just couldn't watch it it was very gory and it is quite gory well mm. especially the polaroids episode one it, it puts you in it quick doesn't it it does yeah it does. yeah you're not like eased into it it's just like boom here you go yeah. right the most comments i've got were from the watcher so let's move wait let me do a transition are you ready go the watcher (laughs) (laughs) so i actually didn't realize i googled this the other day the watcher really has had a huge hollywood spice fabrication yeah yeah. do you have you seen so so the watcher is it's about um a family that bought 657 boulevard in new jersey true story but just before they moved in they started getting these letters in the mailbox and they never actually moved in because of it did you know that yeah no. Yep. See, but in Netflix, they're all moved in feet under the table, aren't they? Yep. Yep. So it, the house. Yeah. So it did get quite fabricated quick in that sense. And also, they, they added a lot of bits in there to do with um, like families before being killed and things like that. So yeah, I think The Watcher is only very loosely based on the real situation. Yeah, I think you do have to treat The Watcher definitely as... Um, 95% Hollywood and 5% factual. I mean, loved Naomi Watts in it, but she is amazing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Love the guy from Will and Grace, and I can't remember his name, so I'm going to have to find out right now, right this second. Yeah, I know who you mean. What do you think The Watcher got out of 10? I'm just looking at it on there. If I was going to rate it, I'd probably give it a 4.5. Oh, it got a 6.7 out of 10. Only a 4.5. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, guys, it's it's Bobby Cannavale that is alongside Naomi Watts. Anyway, why do you only think 4.5, rude? (laughs) No, because when I watched it, I really enjoyed it. But then you realise it says, based on a true story, and then you find out it's not. It It is, but there's so much Hollywood in it. And parts of it dragged. There was it, there was parts of it where you just thought, uh, when it got past that section, you just thought that could have been left out. There was no need for that. Yeah, I mean, but the whole base on a true story thing is, is very much a... It's, it's just... Um... It's almost like clickbait. I mean, like, look at Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They they did it, but in reality, it was quite different. Have you seen yeah. the whole documentary on Texas Chainsaw Massacre? 
Yeah, I think you made me watch it, actually. It's gross, to be fair, but obviously, you know, everything becomes, you know, more just movie and big and bold and, you know, drama. But But then whenever you're making a show, you, as producers and whatnot, they have to do that to keep Mm. people interested. And then people talk about it and it's word of mouth and people go, have you seen this? No, give it a watch. And more people obviously watch it. If it was just sometimes these things without that Hollywood factor don't become what they are now. Mm. I wish The Watcher was scarier than it was. On the front cover, the advert, the way you, you saw the silhouette of a man standing outside a house watching, I thought, oh my God, creepy, love it already. But in reality, yeah. it, it was more definitely more of a thriller. It, there were, it wasn't quite spooky or creepy. No. Um, and, and then I felt like they... they didn't quite know what to do halfway through so then they started adding tunnels and people break into the house and they made the neighbors weirder you know but like they didn't quite know where to go so it it was a bit but then I suppose that's because nobody actually knows the answer nobody actually knows who did it or, or what went on but yeah that's it yeah it's it's you know when you start leading on to different people it could be and then it doesn't end landing on one of those people it's really frustrating because yeah. in your head, you're like, oh, no, maybe, yeah, it is them. Or, no, it could be them. And then you don't even know. So you're like, well, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. That's seven hours of my life gone. Yeah. And that's and that's the thing. When something ends and, and there is, it, you know, the, the true story doesn't have a, a, a conclusion, mm. a, a conclusive ending, you kind of go, when, you, when you're watching a TV show of it and it doesn't end like it's just kind of left open. You kind of go, was that it? Yeah. And we've watched a few things like that and you just go, can't leave it like that. That's the worst. Like Gary and Stacey. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I need closure. Don't, because we could do a whole podcast on whether Nessa said yes or not. You mean, you mean um, Smithy? Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nessa posted Smithy. (laughs) Do you know, my brain says Smithy said no, but my heart says he said yes. The look on his face. Look, Ryan, don't get me into Gavin and Stacey right now, please. For God's sake, we're concentrating on something else. <laughs> <laughs> right. Actually, let's talk about that closer to Christmas. But anyway, right, let me read out some of the watcher comments and then I want you to tell me what you think about people's comments, okay? Go ahead. I've got Louisa that says the watcher binged it, loved it until the last episode. WTAF. That's it. Could have been better. And then I've also got the watcher. I wonder if they actually had someone in mind to be the watcher or not. I don't think they did. I think that's why they lean so heavily on different people. Um, I've got Chloe Ferguson, the watcher. I wonder if they, oh no, she, (laughs) that's the same comment. Don't worry. Moving on. Um, (laughs) Someone's put, I think it's the weirdo neighbours, the one with the plaits in her hair and dresses like a nun. I don't know. I feel like it's too obvious to be them. Yeah. Maybe I was a bit harsh in my rating because I did I did really enjoy the show. But I think it's just, you don't know the ending. and It just got frustrating, didn't it? That's the thing. Yeah. That dragged. It did drag. Listen, I love this comment from Natasha. Cool. The Watcher, why didn't they just put a security camera on the post box? <laughs> That's a really good point. That is a really good point. We could have saved so much time. 
fuck's wow. sakes. They put them around the house, but they didn't put them in the one place where they keep getting the activity. But is it because the post box is outside of their property? It's not actually, you're not actually out there. Maybe. I'm just, I'm just thinking, you know. Let's read a couple more. Oh, someone said the watch seemed a little bit cliche, in my opinion. Is that Mr. Teddy calling you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in a minute. Guys, welcome back to the most professional podcast that you will ever watch and listen to in your life. Oh, mum and dad, you is. But uh, no, someone said the watch seemed a little bit cliche. I felt like the wife's role was just calming down her husband all the time. Mm. Yeah. I suppose it is a cliche move. Yeah. She seemed a little bit uh, blind for a long time with the uh, the estate agent, didn't she? The way the estate agent would be like, divorce him, put the house up on the market. Like, there, yeah, she was we really annoying. Straight away, didn't we? We was like, she's. She's after that house, and we come up with our own theory there, didn't we? Yeah. Of they they would buy the house, then sell it to someone for a little bit more profit, and then get that person yeah. to sell it for less, then buy it again, and just keep turning it over. It was just, you know. I love but... that she put her middle finger up at the estate agent, though, when she was at her work, as she walked out. It <laughs> might be with Sandra Bullock in the heat. That's it, yeah. <laughs> Reminded me of that. The one thing I also didn't like about the watcher though was at the end the way the way that uh Dean and the wife I can't remember her name now the way they had it was a slow burner for them they just had a couple of letters yeah. then some weird meetings with the neighbors but when the estate agent moved in well it all kicked off on the same night yeah all right that went a bit crazy so yeah it was a bit like oh hang on how come you know the others just got letters and by the looks of it, this woman was about to get murdered. It was just a bit extreme. Yeah. Yeah. Are we giving spoilers away on this one? Yeah, I think people's seen it, and if they're not, it's their own fault. Well, when when yeah, well when it when he appears out of the stairs. Yes. It's like yeah. where did that come from? When, I'm sorry, but no, no. But also, you know the bit with the the neighbour with the glasses, the man, sorry, that was sitting with the lady with the plaits and they have their meetings and he was also the guy that was supposed to be John? Yes. Right, do you remember how he ran through the tunnels and then he got to the neighbour, well, it looks as though it was him in the tunnels because he got to the neighbour's house yeah. Yeah. and they said, I think they're on to us. But then nothing, tra- nothing transpired from there. So no, then we don't we don't even know what they're on to. That's really frustrating for me because if they're going to leave it on a cliffhanger and we don't know who it is, fine. But then what did they mean by that? Is it something completely different? But, is it something to do with the letters? But the tunnel's a big part of it. You you realise that someone's been living in a tunnel just off of your basement, mm. and they had a quick look at that like that that living area, if you could call it that. Yeah. Chased a guy through the tunnel, but then nothing about it. There wasn't who's been living here. There wasn't an inspection into who it was, what, because there would have been, I know I'm going a bit out there now, but there would have been DNA from police would have run DNA. You know, yeah. it was just kind of ignored. And it was like, oh, hang on, this is a major part, and you just skipped over it. And it was never <laughs> mentioned again. Yeah. You know, was it boarded up? You know, was it. Closed off. Who knows? We don't know. It's it's frustrating. 
It is. And I think that is the general feel for the show. I think a lot of people did enjoy it in terms of like the acting, the whole initial storyline was very interesting. But then it was a big anticlimax. It did kind of drag out where it felt like they didn't really know what to do with it after a few episodes. And then you're just left kind of like, huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't know what to make yeah. of that. So on the count of three, let's say which one was our favorite out of the three. One, two, three. Dharma. Dharma. Yes! I'm so pleased we agree on that. Dharma was good, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was done really well. I, I think, to be honest, if if lots of other kind of real crime shows followed in that suit, I think it could like it could really, you know, be something. I know lots of people are interested in the minds of like John Wayne Gacy. That came through a little bit in Dharma and people were really shocked by that. So that'd be another one. If it followed like Dharma did, that could be really interesting. I mean, overall, I'll be honest, I don't actually like serial killer dramas or documentaries. Like as as a whole, I don't. You know, I wouldn't I didn't like Maxine. I probably wouldn't sit through one to do with Sarah Payne or Baby P or anything like that. No, I would. Um, they were on one on um, uh, Shannon Matthews, didn't they? Okay, that Sheridan one was actually Sniffles good. Though, yes, yeah, Sheridan Smith was. That was actually quite good. But, the, but there was no killer or anything in that. That was just uh, yeah, a hoax, wasn't it? Yeah, so it's not as as bad. But as a rule, you know, I remember when I was a kid, and my mum loved all these crime documentaries. She used to watch them all. And I remember she used to watch one about Rose West and, oh my God, it turns my stomach. So as a rule, I don't love them, but that was done really well, Dharma. So even though it was very yeah. much like a horror, <laughs> they did do every good. Epi- every episode was good. Sometimes you get yeah. a series and you think, well, yeah, episode four could have been left out. That was boring. But every episode was good. And definitely out of the three shows that we've talked about mm. Dharma was by far the best one yeah and there's a lot to analyze like I said you know it's the whole nature versus nurture thing and it's you know it's it, you've got these different theories so it's quite good for people to like people who are like you know horror serial killer buffs would would really enjoy trying to like analyze his mind and and look at the whole mental health kind of aspect of it too. So it is good in that sense. It covers a lot, I think. Yeah. So I am hoping there's a few more horrors to come on Netflix because, you know, it's it's fallen short. I mean, I did, I did like Hooby Halloween last year, but, you know, that wasn't quite... <laughs> hardly a horror. No. It was good though, <laughs> wasn't it? It was quite funny. It was quite funny, yeah. I do love Adam Sandler. But listen, on, on TikTok, there's this whole thing going around and it's called The Terrifier and The Terrifier 2 has just come out. Yeah, you said about this. Yeah. So I think we may have to watch that as well, you know, and give our well, verdict. That, what I struggle with um, horror now is it's not very... There's not a film that you I, I can honestly say I've watched Mm. in a long time where I've gone, Jesus Christ, that was a bit, you know, scary. I suppose they just don't, they don't scare me as such, maybe, but I think... Well... The best one, the, the best kind of docu-series we've watched in a mm. long time, but it takes a long time for the next one to come out, was Black Girl Ghost. Yeah, I love those. They're very good. They're, they're on Amazon. They're brilliant. 
the Blackwell Ghost is a like a docu series on Amazon, guys. If anyone's interested, um, I do think we've been desensitized a lot, though. I mean, look, look at back in the day when The Exorcist was in the cinema; it was banned. Uh, my dad yeah. was telling me that people were passing out, <laughs> and it was all dramatic. But he did that in ET, so I don't know how serious I take him, to be honest. <laughs> it was dramatic in that. No, seriously. Apparently, he went to go watch ET, and some little girl at the front row at the end went, "ET, don't go!" And my dad cried his eyes out. <laughs> Literally, ask him when you see him. Poor Barry. But yeah, I think we've been desensitized because you know how do we go from people passing out watching The Exorcist to people sitting at home watching worse on their own? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's weird. I mean, growing up, all right, shouldn't have been watching them, but you do. You watch films as as, as kids. All right, Ryan, we don't want to know what you got from DVD, Dave. This is not that sort of podcast. DVD Don. <laughs> DVD Don. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, but no, you had to lower the tone, didn't you? <laughs> but like watching films like Halloween um, mm. and then Nightmare on Elm Street, it yeah. growing up, you were terrified. It was like, oh my god! And I yeah. remember watching Halloween Five as a kid, and then someone going to the car after watching it. We went out to the car, and someone jumped out from behind the wall as a joke. I was mm. terrified, but you kind of grow up, and you go, "All right, I watched all these as kids," and then you like The Exorcist. Don't get it. Yeah. At the time. But like you say, desensitised now, aren't we? Mm. I mean, I used to watch like Sabrina the Teenage Witch where she had that China doll that went, I'm a Marley dolly and I'm going to get you. Have you ever seen that episode? No. Shit myself for a week. Terrified. And you know my mum, she used to collect China dolls. Oh, my God, I couldn't sleep. That was too much. The, so that, that used to scare me. The X-Files was brilliant growing up. Oh, do you remember there was an episode with the X-Files and there was like a gorilla or like a Bigfoot or a Yeti or something in the woods? Do you remember that one? No, I don't. I have to Google it because it used to terrify me. The one with the doll in the X-Files used to terrify me. I've not seen that one, I don't think. Yeah, there's a doll one and that terrified me. And, you know, Jane had in her front room, all them dolls on shelves. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you ever saw this or if anyone's listening remembers this show, but there was a show called Sweet Valley High and it was on Channel Trouble on Sky. And there was this series where like, well, it was an episode, a Halloween episode, and they were all like cut up and there was like blood everywhere. And I must have been about 10. It terrified me, babe. I, honestly, that really scared me. I had to sleep with my mum until I was 19. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it was scary. It was a lot. You do get scared now. You do get scared now. I do. Do you know what we're going to do close to Halloween? We're going to do another podcast, babe. And I think we should we should swap some of our real life like ghost stories, things like that. Anything spooky that we've seen, witnessed. Yeah. But also, I'm going to tell my alien story. Don't smirk because I'll fight you. (laughs) No, you know for when it's true, Ryan. Don't laugh. If you look, <laughs> that's it. That's unbelievable, Jeff. That's you know it's true, don't you? Yes. Is is this how Mel Gibson felt in Signs? Because I'm not having it. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not true. I'm not saying I'm not saying oh. I disbelieve you because it's true. 
half of what I say to you that I see, you go, Ryan, just stop. I do think you need a CAT scan. Yeah, I do think you need a scan. Listen, we're going to leave our viewers on a scary story. Are you ready? Ryan, you're going to tell it because you know what story I want you to tell him. No. Bane. Tell him about what happened. Oh, my God. Because I know it terrifies you to this day. It it terrified me at the time. Um. So I used to, where I used to work was at an old train station. It used to be an, an old, old. An old train station. Ooh. It used to be an old coal yard during the war. Mm, a coal yard in the war. And it's in a village. And out on the main road, past this village, there are no lights. It is just no completely lights. dark. Do you want me to stop doing that now? <laughs> yeah, it's quite annoying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> anyway, so I worked there on my own one night. Um, it was, I don't know, I, I got there at about 8 o'clock on a Friday or Saturday night, whenever it was, and went in, done my work, and I finished at, I know, midnight, just after midnight. Locked up, got in my truck as usual, left, driving down this pitch black road. And literally, I had my four beams on, and this person just stepped out of the hedge in a bane mask and just stood about, I don't know, a foot, maybe two foot in the road. Mm. And it scared the crap out of me. One, because someone just stepped out in the road. But then when I looked at his actual face, he had this mask on. It was a Bane mask, and I can still see him clearly now. It scared the crap out of me. And I went round him and just drove, I don't know, probably double the speed limit. I'm not going to lie. Jesus. Um, but honestly, pitch black, and this bloke just stepped out in the road wearing this mask. And it, it wasn't the mask that scared me. I think it was more the case that I had to swerve him, and that's maybe, maybe it was that that got the adrenaline going. But Personally, I think it was a bit of everything, but yeah. Mm. But I, I, I'm looking forward to the next one. If you say we're going to say talk about a few things that we've seen or experienced, they are guys. Make sure that you have the popcorn ready. We shall put this out Tuesday night. Should we go for Tuesday night? No, you should leave it until Wednesday or Thursday. Okay, right Ryan's my manager. Yes. No, you're right, actually. Let's do Wednesday night. That's perfect because we go away Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, Wednesday night. Okay, get the popcorn ready, guys. Get a glass of rosé. I've got some stories to tell you. And I swear on my mum's life they're real. (laughs) I'm joking. It's because she's dead. Do you get it? (laughs) I got it. (laughs) No. (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) No, listen. No, I swear. <laughs> They're all true. I can't wait. Get the popcorn. Get the Zinfandel. Me and Ryan are going to tell you some of our ghost stories. And I'm going to tell the alien story, even though Ryan's going to roll his eyes. But I swear down it's the truth. I can't wait to tell you it. Tune in Wednesday night for our podcast on that, please. Yes? Yes. Yes. Ryan, thank you for chatting to me about Dharma, Maxine and The Watcher. Um, it's been lovely to have a little recoup over some of the stuff we've been watching recently. It's been a pleasure. And I'm <laughs> okay. And I'm hoping for some even better shows to come on telly. Do you know what though? It's not Halloween, but I'm quite looking forward to the Lilo to be back in her Christmas series on Netflix. Have you seen it? You you've mentioned it a few times. 
Yeah, I can't wait. I'm going to get the Prosecco out for that one. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening. Tune in next time for my and Ryan's ghost stories. And I'll see you on the next podcast. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.